You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Stage Door Podcast. The podcast celebrating theatre and creativity from on-stage mishaps to career-defining moments. Hosted by thespians myself, Tori, and co-host Eliza. Fortnightly, we will bring you industry professional guests, deep dives, and more. Hello everyone, Happy New Year and welcome to Season 3. Today we are kicking off the season with a bang, joined by the one and only Hannah Bales. Before we get started though, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and the Tabal people of the Ugera Nation, the traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live and record and recognise a continuing connection to land, water and community. We pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Today, we have TikTok star, YouTuber, author, and creative Hannah Bales on the podcast. With over 782.6 thousand followers on TikTok and 485,000 followers on YouTube, she has taken the music, theater, and voice world by storm. Her most popular content online features reaction videos to some of your favorite Disney, theater, and pop music artists and shows, creating informative and equally hilarious videos helping people learn about the voice. She is not only an online creator, but also an author with her most recent release of He Called Me Angel, a Halloween romance novel. Hannah also has a stream of coaching services on her website, such as her online course, Reclaim Your Voice, where students learn how to build a healthy mindset and kick-ass techniques at the same time. She also has private singing and acting classes available at her studio with teachers such as the likes of Broadway's Ryan Makata and vocal whiz Sharon Ehrman. Please welcome to the mic, Hannah. Hi. Wow. I, that was the most incredible introduction. Hello. Hello. I mean, you're the most incredible person, so you deserve an incredible introduction. And oh my God, you've done and do so much. How are you? How are you doing? How's life in America? Oh my God. Oh, imposter syndrome certainly just like reared its ugly head as you were talking. I was like, who's this girl? She sounds cool. (laughs) Oh wait, that's (laughs) supposed to be me. Oh my gosh. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I love this time of year. Like I love the new year. I love that period of time from like the day after Christmas until New Year's Day. And and a lot of people hate that time, but I just love it to like reflect on the last year and like moving forward, making goals. Oh, I feel so good. 
It does feel that way. It's very refreshing to kind of get back into the groove of things, but also you have a bit of Christmas pudding still in there. So you're feeling full from the Christmas celebrations and you're ready to start the year and get things rolling. Exactly. It's a nice little chance to like hit that reset button like fully and just go, great, it's a new year. Last year was whatever it was, you know, it had its great moments, it had its not so great moments, but we're here and we get to start fresh and do amazing things this year. But I guess jumping straight into it, you are most commonly known online as your voice teacher, especially on TikTok. How did this all come to be? Oh my God. Well, I started on YouTube. That was the very beginning for me. Um, And through some encouragement from um, a student of mine, actually, who was on TikTok, you need a TikTok. Like she was trying to get me to do it. And that I was so scared. I I mean, I was making YouTube videos, but I was pretty new. I think I had only been on YouTube for like a month. And I spent like an hour editing my first one. And my first one's a 15 second video. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Um, but I just kind of jumped right in and I didn't know any of the like TikTok rules. I didn't have a strategy. I didn't even have a goal. I was just like, this could be fun um, and help me grow my YouTube channel. Um, and and it just kind of took off from there. And now TikTok is such, it's one of, I mean, actually, it might be my favorite platform just because I love the way that it feels like you're just like talking to friends. I like that feeling that you're just like FaceTiming <laughs> with a friend. YouTube, there's just a little bit more of a, production quality there's a little bit more of like an expectation that this is like like a tv show like this is hannah's show that you come see on youtube every week um but tiktok feels like so free and i make i make whatever i want to run tiktok yeah it is pretty great with tiktok because you can be a bit more personable because you can make a tiktok that's just about hey this thing happened to me and i'm gonna tell you about it but it's not a full-length video on youtube with high quality um video and everything so it's a lot more you get to know people a lot better I think which helps with the YouTube it kind of crosses over yes totally and I think um a lot of my uh like OG followers can have have messaged me about this just kind of the evolution of Hannah um that when I started on TikTok and YouTube I I was just a little bit more like polished, a little bit more buttoned up. Like I, I remember, I definitely felt like myself. I was very excited, but I did a lot more takes and I was a little bit more hard on myself. And I really wanted to have this like image of a teacher that like I could be taken seriously. And I just, over time, like it wasn't really like a like decision necessarily. I just kind of started feeling more like myself, getting a little weirder, like making sillier jokes and really (laughs) feeling like myself. And, um, but I did definitely, uh, one of the things I had in my mind when I got on YouTube was I just want to be a part of the conversation. I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea, just like every voice teacher like we, you find the one you like. It's like with a therapist or a hairdresser. Like you find the person that you like vibe with. It's the same thing online. I'm going to find my audience and 
other voice teachers are going to find their, their audience. And I think just kind of, kind of keep staying in my lane being like, who comes to me, like they're here for me. I don't need to compare to anyone else. I think that was probably really helpful for that. So I felt more, I felt safer and more comfortable as time went on to, you know, be a little weirder and have more fun. And now I love where my channel and my TikTok are. That's amazing. It's definitely, it's great after some period of time to loosen up a bit and show more of yourself as well, which, and obviously like that happens as you become more successful and you have had so much success with YouTube and TikTok. How did that change your trajectory of, you know, what you were doing before that in your professional career? Um, complete 180. I mean, like just, (laughs) I, uh, when I got on YouTube, I was teaching private voice lessons, um, from my, I had like a separate studio in, on the property of my home. And so like people would come to my studio there and, um, I felt like very happy with the amount of students that I had here where I live in Utah. Um, I felt like I kind of built a name for myself. I always had the students that I wanted. <laughs> My AirPods just fell out. <laughs> like I I didn't get on YouTube like to increase my business. And I think that was really important as well that I that it wasn't um like a money focused goal or like it was just I think this is fun and I want to be here. Um that really helped because it's hard work. But I was just doing that, teaching private lessons. Um and then when I got on YouTube, I'm, I feel very lucky that it took off very quickly for me. Like, I, I think by the end of the, the first month, I might have had 15,000 subscribers, which is unheard of. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. Like, I realize I got hella lucky. <laughs> um, I think a couple <laughs> things played into that. But once I got on YouTube and I fell in love with it, I was like, oh, my God, this is it. This is it. Um, and my waiting list started to increase and I definitely felt like I want to take these students. Like I am so passionate about the, you know, how like kind of sacred this relationship between like a voice teacher and a student is because it's so vulnerable. And so I felt this intense drive that someone found me online and said, oh, I like her energy. I really want to work with her. And then they're on my waiting list. So I started going in overtime. I started teaching like crazy. I definitely did too much, kind of burned myself out. Um, But as just over time, you know, it's been like a year and a half, I have moved from teaching majority, you know, spending most of my time teaching private lessons. I don't teach private lessons anymore. And I uh, focus on like more, you know, uh, more, I guess, efficient ways to teach, like at a larger scale, like my online course, my YouTube videos, I always try to be edutainment. So sneak in the education here and there because people don't want to click on it when it's in the title. But if I sneak it in, I'm like, ha ha, now you know something new. (laughs) Um, And uh, that was actually quite, quite an interesting transition for me. It was difficult because I felt like, can I call myself a voice teacher if I'm not teaching individual lessons. Um, and I still teach master classes, you know, every once in a while. And I just, and then I realized like, yes, because when I started, my goal was to 
teach more students. And that's what I'm doing with this audience. Like I can, I can do this. So going from a voice teacher, hundred percent voice teacher to 50%, I'm not, I'm actually going to change that like 30% voice teacher, 70% like public figure influencer. Bonkers. Like what I could never could have imagined <laughs> that I'd be here. Such, such a change and such a, um, I think it's so incredible though that that can happen because now you get to share what you love to do with more people and more people get to know better technique in such a fun way as well. Because I remember watching some of your videos and I'm like, oh, I can use that. Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Let me give that a go. And so it's, but you're watching yeah. it for fun at the same time. So it's, mm. um, it's a great way to get things out there on a larger scale, yeah. but good information as well. It's so great having people like yourself online in public domains where not everyone has the privilege to be able to afford singing lessons because they are expensive. Mm-hmm. We all we all know that they are expensive. Yes, yes. And I, I think another aspect I didn't expect to that would come of this getting on YouTube and getting online is the impact that I have made on voice teachers themselves. Like that has been incredible. Like when I get a message from a voice teacher that's like, I, you know, you talk about bad voice teachers and like you put it into words, like talking about vocal baggage, like that's what I want to help my students with or just, or even um, people watching my videos and being like, wait, I could do what she does. And then joining the program that I um, got my education with. That is so powerful because it is an epidemic how many bad voice teachers there are out there. It like... I don't, I really, really like, I, this is the thing I'm the most passionate about. Like in that setting, this is why I say it's so sacred. I could say one thing that would wreck that student's passion forever. I like, I'm aware of that. And so many teachers aren't, and they're just so, uh, you know, sometimes these, these things that they say to students, I have stories of stories of like things that like steam comes out of my ears I'm like oh makes me so mad like just like a passing comment that's just really you know dismissive that can make them feel like oh you know instantly like oh okay I did something wrong because our voice is not we can't treat it like an instrument it's part of our body we can't treat it like a separate thing so that is something that I have really, really loved is when someone says, I love singing. I'm vibing with you. Like, I want to be friends with you in real life. I want to be a voice teacher. I'm like, yes, you become a voice teacher. And then we have one more amazing voice teacher in the world. We need that. Yeah, exactly. It's such an amazing mindset and, and goal to have. And I guess leading on from that topic, how did you get into vocal coaching? Like, has it always been your main goal and passion to be a vocal coach? No, not at all. Um, this is also one of my favorite stories. So like, get me on this story. I'm so excited to talk about it. So I <laughs> was always a singer, like from a very young age. I'm loud and in charge. And I just was like singing all the time. And I got into musical theater, did a couple little camps where I grew up there really wasn't much opportunity for musical theater. At least where I live now, 
every week you could be in a production. Like there are so many theaters and so many opportunities. And I remember telling my like teenage students here, like I didn't have things like this. I'm like, this is so cool. I was in like one show in high school. Like we didn't have this. This is so cool. But I was singing. I was interested in musical theater, but I very much had my voice was my identity. I was the singer. And I also felt like a big fish in a little pond. So I was like, yeah, I'm the singer. This is, I can, I can claim this as my identity. And it was my entire like self-worth was on this thing. And that was, you know, I survived through high school and then I went to college and I um, was a musical theater major for a hot second, like once a semester, because it was so intense. Musical theater programs are, you know, notoriously intense, stressful, lots of pressure. Um, And (laughs) I couldn't handle any sort of critique on my voice. I couldn't handle it. And I realized that that was not healthy. I realized like something was wrong in my brain, but I was like, this is too much. I can't do this. And I also just realized I love singing, but do I want to perform for the rest of my life? That was the first time I I asked myself that. So I decided to take a semester off, just kind of like figure myself out. I didn't want to, you know, jump from major to major. I need to figure out what do I want to do with my life? And I was working as a nanny. Um, I had just gotten married. I got married really young. And I was just, you know, like living my life, just trying to figure it out. And um, a, you know, I've, friends that I had on Facebook. This is back when I had like a thousand Facebook friends. Like you just like (laughs) have one mutual friend and then you're friends with. So like, I didn't really know her, but I knew that she was like a musical theater person. She posted that she taught voice lessons. And I was like, I want to take a voice lesson. Like it's been a while, you know, I took them in college, like in the semester and I kind of hated it, but I'll go see her and life changing. So I talked, I talked, about her all the time. Her name is Megan Yates. She's on my website. Literally changed the trajectory of my life because in this lesson, not only did I feel like my voice improved like crazy in like one lesson, but she saw me in a way that a voice teacher had never done. Like she understood the musical theater pressure. She was so kind and like her teaching vibe and everything. I was like, this is what voice lessons can be. It doesn't have to be like Mm. some hard ass old woman at the piano. That's like, you know, like really, really (laughs) tough. Like this is a girl that's a couple years older than me. And just, I felt so connected with, and I think it was probably a couple weeks later that I saw that she had posted on Facebook again, not directed towards me, but it just said, if any of you are interested, like how I became a voice teacher, this is the program that I'm a part of. And it was a spiritual moment because I was like, I never even considered that as a full-time job option. Where I grew up, it was like like a, a side hustle. You know, like the teachers that yeah. I worked with were very qualified. They had, you know, had degrees, but they also usually had families. And so they were like doing this on the side. And uh, Megan did it, you know, full time, like 30 hours a week. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. This might be the thing. And I taught piano lessons in high school. I always felt like teaching came very naturally to me. And I just right there, I was like, yeah, okay, this is my destiny. (laughs) This is what I'm supposed to do. And I, yeah, I never looked back. And 
uh, it's been for sure my calling. Like I, I truly, truly, truly love it because I get to sing a little bit um, and I get to teach, which I also love just, the, you know, teaching people something. Um, but also just the God, I can't even I can't even explain like seeing a light bulb moment and like the pride on a student's face that like 20 minutes ago was feeling really discouraged and like self-conscious and then to see them smile and usually like try to not smile. I'm like, yep, this, give it to me. Like, this is my drug. I am just vibing with this. <laughs> so much. All the adrenaline. <laughs> it's, it's one of the best things when you go from having one of those hard ass teachers that you literally dread going to voice classes and then literally 360 it to enjoying it and it being your passion. I mean, your your voice course, Reclaim Your Voice, focuses on healthy vocal techniques, but also incorporates mindset into the training. How important is it to create the right mindset in the vocal journey? Because I think that's something that's very connected to the right teacher. I think that it is like just as important as the exercises that you're doing. I also think that you can, uh, of course, improve your voice and also beat yourself up mentally at the same time. But you're not going to improve as fast and you're going to hate yourself. <laughs> like you're going to be miserable <laughs> the whole time. And yeah. just over the years, as I worked with more students, um, I I kind of un, you know unconsciously started to create a little bit of like a curriculum around mindset and the things that were most effective and how I taught this. And and then it was, you know, over the last, you know, year and a half since, you know, getting a lot of my new students on, um, you know, through online. And most of them that ended up coming to me were musical theater majors currently in school or former musical theater majors. So, you know, uh, usually this group of people that would find me were uh, women, 20 to like 28 who had musical theater degree experience or they're doing it right now. Like they, we were all, they all were the same. And I was like, yes, this is great. This is exactly who needs to hear this. Yes. And uh, it's just, it honestly feels like magic to when we, when we actually throw ourselves wholeheartedly into, okay, this mindset is important because of course people are skeptical. Like, okay, why do I have to do these thought exercises? Hannah, I came to sing. But if you really go for it, doing that and your exercises, your voice in two weeks like transforms in a way that you never thought possible. Like we create our own reality, right? Our, our brain believes what we tell it. And when it comes to singing, you know, you, you guys know that when I'm, when you're having a hard day or, you know, you just had a really, really difficult morning and you go to voice lessons and things are like feeling really tight here or suddenly you're in a voice lesson and you're like, I think I'm going to cry. Like, where did this come from? It's such <laughs> a vulnerable experience. And, you know, not only does that mean, you know, like I said earlier, that it's so important that there's like trust between, you know, a teacher and a student. Um, but it's just so important to like notice those thoughts. Oftentimes it's like so wrapped up in singing that we don't even notice that like 
you're berating yourself as you do it because you've just always done it this way. So I always say the first step to vocal recovery is admitting you have a problem, right? It's awareness. <laughs> like in our first couple of weeks, if you do nothing except notice and be like, oh, okay, that's what Hannah was talking about. I, I hear the breath coming through my voice. Interesting. Moving on. Like if that's all that you do, that's a huge step. We go, we just like skip all of these magical little moments and don't really give them, you know, give them the time that it takes for them to be really impactful. Noticing my favorite phrase in the entire world is curious, not furious. And that's like, that's how I would describe my entire teaching philosophy is if we can change our mindset from like, you know, embarrassment, like, oh my God, I just cracked. Like, oh, I didn't do that yesterday. Why did I just crack? Like, I'm getting worse. I'm like, I didn't practice yesterday. And so I'm cracking. What? Moving from that to, uh, well, that wasn't there yesterday. Um, let me try that again. Okay. It's there still, but it wasn't here yesterday. Today, I did wake up with a little bit of a sore throat maybe that's, maybe my voice is dry. Like just asking questions or maybe if I try this vowel, I remember Hannah saying something about this vowel. Oh my God, that worked. That is just like the most powerful thing in the entire world. Our brains in the way that we think about it. The mentality of it and, and having that connection with your vocal teacher where you feel like you can be real with them. Like my first ever lesson with my current singing teacher, literally on the drive over to my first lesson, I got a call from my manager at the time that I had lost my job. And I literally got to the lesson and I was like, she like opened the front door. Like I had met her before, but, but not for a lesson. And I just started bawling my eyes out. And pretty much the majority of the first lesson wasn't, going in and going, okay, all right, let's like move on and like, let's just get to it. It was like, no, 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 let's just have a chat. We're just going to sit. We're going to have a chat. We're going to work through this. And I just felt instantly so comfortable and so okay to not be okay in this other person's presence where I would normally be like that mentality of like, you leave all of that at the door was kind of just gone. And I was like, yes, I just feel like I need a couple of minutes to like vent about how ridiculous this is. And then it was probably one of the best lessons that I've ever had because then mm -hmm. I just felt so open and comfortable and I kind of wasn't even thinking necessarily about what I was doing because I was literally about to go to an audition straight after and I've never had that experience up until then. And I was like, oh, this is what, this is what I necessarily any of my vocal teachers in the past have been bad, but this is what it feels like to just be completely comfortable and open and candid to whatever they have to say, which I think is just so important for a vocal teacher and I think is what you're really preaching. Yes, yes. It is a, an extremely vulnerable experience to sing and to sing, period. But I'm not naive to the fact that like if I get on a Zoom with someone, they I'm just, I'm sitting here with like my pen and my paper. I'm taking notes. How terrifying. I'm taking, they're singing and I'm literally like <laughs> writing things down. It's a lot. Like, and I think we need to just acknowledge that, you know? And I usually tell, you know, something that I, I get from, um, I've gotten from my students and I'm multiple times is you're the nicest teacher I've ever had. And I'm like, 
okay, I'm not doing anything revolutionary over here. I'm just like being nice. Like what? I, it's crazy, but it's true. Like we have this idea that to progress, we need a tough as nails teacher. When the truth is, is that my students progress very quickly. If, I mean, we're a team, if they're like on the same page with me and they trust me, but I, I'm very nice the whole time. I'm like smiling and like friendly, but I just know it's, it's just you, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is as a voice teacher, like there is absolutely a way for you to get the results that you want out of your students while also being very kind. Like it is not there's some teachers that are, you know, kind of stingy with compliments or like, you know, like praise and stuff. No, like the, the, the encouragement is what gets, you know, you where you want to go. So I always give encouragements. And sometimes if I have trust with a student, I might be like, like, oh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's do that one more time. One more time. Like, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. We're, we're on the right page. Or if I have a student that I like really know, I'm like, and they're like, yeah, I, yeah, I know. Let me do it again. And that's yep. <laughs> so important. That's probably like the meanest I get is if I'm like, <laughs> and they're like, sorry, I'll do it again. <laughs> that is such a weird thing to know that like some students are like, wow, she's so nice. Like, what? Like, yeah. Let's be nice to our students. Yeah. Any voice teachers out there? Let's be nice to our students. Yeah. Come on. It's not that hard. (laughs) It's not that hard. And it gets better results. So it does. So you recently completely 180 wrote your own novel. He called me Angel. What inspired you to dip your toes into the world of writing? Um, Okay, so I have always loved writing. And uh, when I was in you know, as a teenager, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to write a book one day. And I don't know what happened. I just like, there was one day it just shifted for me. And I was like, I can't write a novel. I I can't do that. I can't write. And I started um, last year writing a romance novel, which I'm still working on. Um, But this is a novella. So it's pretty short. It's about like a 30 to 45 minute read. Um, but I had started this concept in, you know, beginning of last year, just this idea that two people meet at a Halloween party, you know, dressed up as like in costumes and, um, they don't know each other and he doesn't know her name. Like, I just thought that that was really cute. And then it was like September where I was like, how cool would it be if I finished it and released it on Halloween? Oh my God. Why did... (laughs) I will never do it so last minute ever again because that was a lot of work. But I was so proud of myself when I finished it. I I did this purely for myself, purely to just say that I I did it. I did it. I wrote a novella. I'm proud of the story, proud of the characters. Um and I love romance. Like that's that's the my favorite genre to read and my favorite genre to write. So um I I wrote this um story and then you know, I fell in love with the characters and a lot of the reviews on Amazon have been like, it's too short. Like I want more from them. And so I am going to take that story and expand it into a full length novel this year. Wow. That's so exciting. I love this genre and that, that kind of novel is so 
something I would read like a hundred percent. I think it's so more worthy when you read something like that, especially when it's short and then you're like, wait, I want more. I want to see where these people go and what they do. So that's very exciting. My muggle job is a bookseller and it's always so exciting as well to see new authors out there who, who also just love what they do. There are authors definitely out there that I love and respect very much, but you kind of get to a point where you go, oh, you're not liking what you're doing anymore, are you? You're kind of just doing it because you have to. But I think so many people have that feeling of just, I can't do it. Like, I wouldn't be able to do that. And then just one day giving it a try and just being like, oh, I can do it. Yeah. And so it's so exciting that you had that moment and it being received so well that you can now create it into a novel, whether it be for a public viewing or just for yourself. And being able to do it for yourself is one of the most important things, not doing it in order for people to like it. Because as someone who reads a lot, it's what can ruin a story because you can tell when someone writes for how people are going to perceive it. Mm, I'm like, you know, just, just write it how you want to write it. And people will either like it or they won't, but you have to do it for yourself. Otherwise you lose your passion entirely. Yeah. And also I think I just realized that, that mentality of like, oh, I could never do that. I was like, there's a lot of shitty books out there. It's a lot of people worse than me that have written books. I could write a book. <laughs> I could do it. Um, and and what a what an incredible critique to get. Like my a bunch of my like four, three and four star reviews are like, it's too short. <laughs> I'm like, all right, okay, yeah. Like, give me that critique. <laughs> Let me I can change that. I can fix that for you. Just give me a year. Oh, I've got it. <laughs> yeah. And I, because I've, I've already got this other novel in progress. I'm about like, I'm I'm like halfway through um, my first draft. And so I wanted to get this novella out as a personal goal to say like, I finished something and it, and like I created something that's like out there, like so cool. Um, but then I was like, this year I'm going to focus on the novel I've already started, you know? God, I just fell in love with the characters so much. I love that they met at a Halloween party and like, it was so fun. I wrote the spicy scene on the airplane coming back from London, visiting my best friend on the airplane fueled by nothing but like sleep deprivation, (laughs) caffeine, peanut butter M&Ms. And I just like, I wrote that thing. I wrote like 4,000 words in that on that plane ride i (laughs) ranked it out and i must have been just like out of it because when i read it reread it a couple days later to edit it i was like who wrote this my god i was like clutching my own pearls i'm like (laughs) i wrote this it was just so fun like i love love i love romance i love like banter like flirty banter and it's just um it's very very fun and it's very fun to find a new way to be creative. I love that being creative is my job now, but this is very fun because it's something that no one expects of me. Like I don't have to, but I want to, and that's pretty cool. We love love here. So that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Um so we're going to actually do a game now. Okay. A little bit of a switcheroony. Um but also anyone listening go and check out that novel cuz you need to. 
before the book comes out. Um, but we're going to do a really fun game that I kind of created on the fly. Don't know how it's going to go. Let's just have fun. But basically what we're going to do is I've got three words to describe a show and these shows or TV shows or movies are actually ones from your reaction videos. <gasps> so <laughs> Yeah, so what we're going to do, I'm going to say three words and they're like usually like musical, it's musicals or like music videos. Okay, you guys ready? Yeah. Okay, so Tori's going to go first. So this is three words. Remake, Crown, Adina. Remake, Crown, Adina? As in Adina Menzel? Oh. Maybe. Oh, okay. Um, I can't give you a fourth word. <laughs> remake. I want to say Frozen, but that's not a remake. No. Oh, my oh God. no. No. No, you're not on the right track. Oh, okay. Great. Um, I have zero idea. As soon as you say it, it's going to make so much sense. <laughs> okay. You are I'm, handing the talent. I tap out. I tap out. <laughs> okay. It's Cinderella. The new Cinderella movie. Oh, look, I, I have been scared about watching it because I've seen many videos and I haven't watched it yet. I'm sorry. Don't. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> look, I did. I did that for you. <laughs> See, this is this is what everyone says. Thank you. This is what I've seen. I think I saw maybe you on TikTok and a few other people that were like, mm, mm, I, yeah. mm, mm, I don't think I can do it. There you go. Okay, this is harder than I thought it was. I was like, maybe this is too easy. No. (laughs) I knew it. Okay. You've got it. I mean, you're the one that makes them all, so. (laughs) I did give you harder ones because I figured that you might be a little bit better at this game. Oh, shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I think this one's pretty easy to start with. Yours, your three are Vampires, Slay, Horn Man. (laughs) Is that Buffy musical episode? Yes. (laughs) That was a fun one. That was that was interesting. I was like, I could have told you that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that one's an interesting one for sure. Yeah, that one I was so interesting for me because it was highly requested. So I thought it was gonna do really well. It did not, and I really made the Buffy fans mad. I did not think I was like, didn't think this through. I was just having a silly, goofy time. I wasn't, like, trying to mess up the show, but I made them out. (laughs) Hey, I enjoyed it. God. (laughs) I mean, look, I love Buffy. It's one of my favorite shows. But when I get to that episode, I do intentionally skip it because it's just... It's interesting. it's, It's a time. And it's a time that I've seen once and once is enough. Yep. Buffy fans, don't come for us. Don't come for us. (laughs) Okay. Well, Tori, this is your last one before a possible tiebreaker, but maybe we don't need one. But let's go. Okay. Yours is Washington Rap Corner Store. Oh, in the Heights. (laughs) Yes. Nice. She got it. She got it. (laughs) Okay, Hannah, yours is Dr. Snow Patrol Trauma. Grey's Anatomy musical episode. Yep. (laughs) I couldn't believe that was an episode as well. (laughs) Why do shows 
I just recently watched just literally one episode because I don't like Riverdale personally. Why do they do musical episodes? Why, why, why is that a thing? Why is it necessary? I think it's a, I think it's become a thing, you know, mm. like, and I think it's kind of fun. So Grey's Anatomy musical episode. At f- I think that was the first one I ever watched, the musical, full musical episode. And I really was like, you know, I thought it was pretty cringy, which it has its moments. But now that I've watched a bunch of others, I'm like, the Grey's Anatomy one was actually pretty good. <laughs> Sarah Ramirez in that episode? Oh, my God. She's amazing. I so. was actually pretty surprised. The vocals were not bad. I was expecting mm-hmm. worse. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of cool it's kind of like gory but like it's kind of works I don't know it's weird yeah sometimes they work it's a hit or miss situation with those sorts of ones mm-hmm. <laughs> well Hannah you did win um congratulations you are the winner of oh my god what I had one more so for fun I'm just gonna see if either of you can guess it so buzz in your name Say your name um, after I do the three, because I just think this is fun anyway. So the last one is villains, apple, rotten. Oh, Tori. Yes. Um, descendants. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I, I didn't know how to buzz in my name. So you said Tori and I was like, that's your name. I thought that was your name. I thought you were talking to a I was oh, like, no. what's going on? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. But my descendants reaction it took me a while to get through all three movies, but those ones were like so fun. You don't expect them to be good when you watch them, but they're actually really good and so much fun. I love them. It's a good time. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a bop. It's a bop. <laughs> well, amazing. Thank you guys so much for playing that game. Congratulations, Hannah. You are the reigning champion of that new game, which is kind of specifically towards your reaction videos, which I love. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I had an advantage, so. <laughs> you did, you did, but that's it's okay. <laughs> and I guess on the note of reaction videos, the videos are not only entertaining, but educational. Do you actually have a favorite reaction video that you have created? Oh, this is such a good question. I love this. So um, my favorite one uh is probably or i guess i should say like the video as a whole i think is the flash musical episode that one was so fun for me to watch i felt like i had some really funny jokes in there so i love that one i think that might have been the one where i started to feel more like i can do a mix of commentary and movie review and be funny and also, you know, like mix together the vocals. So that was a great one. But um, I am very proud of, there's two videos in particular where I end up talking about belting a lot, um, where I react to Barrett Wilbert Weed's, um, it's like a a compilation video of hers. Oh, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but I reacted to that. And then a video I reacted to of Bonnie Milligan. Um, both videos didn't do, you know, great on my channel, but I end up talking about belting quite a bit in there. So if you're looking for information on belting, very proud of like the, the content in those videos and you get me talking about belting, I'll just never stop. Um, so (laughs) that's, that's two, but oh, also I just, the Jeremy Jordan reaction when he's singing, it's all coming back to me now. Have you guys, 
Oh my god, so fun! Like it had a plot twist <laughs> where I didn't see the keychain coming. Keychain, keychain, keychain. And then I was just, you know, simping over Jeremy Jordan the whole time because I was like, "Oh, he's so hello." <laughs> He doesn't I love mean, Jeremy he's... Jordan. Who come on? Doesn't simp over Jeremy Jordan. He's just divine. He's timeless. Yeah, and like there's, <laughs> and this was before I really just became my weird self. But at the end, I'm like, oh my god, he's just so talented and funny and handsome. <laughs> I like just <laughs> throw that out there. I'm like, oh, oh moving on. <laughs> You're like, hello, come and knock in. <laughs> He's a Eliza. He's a married man. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have a we, boyfriend. We so. respectfully. Yes. Yes. We can admire from afar. Let's put that on a shirt. I'll wear it every single day. This is probably going to be hard to put it into three. But do you have any top three tips on keeping your voice healthy? Just specifically about the voice. <clears throat> Number one, practice in. Uh, frequent short bursts. So it's better to practice every single day for 10 minutes instead of practicing twice a week for an hour. Our voices make changes more quickly if we do it in tiny little consistent, uh, you know, practices. That's my number one. Number two, um, get to know your voice. You might be you might have been taking voice lessons for 10 years, but you actually don't know anything about your voice because all you do is trust your teacher. You're the person that's in charge of your voice. So start noticing things, you know, <clears throat> like how your voice feels from day to day. It changes and, uh, you know, get experimental. Like doing, you know, that note felt really shouty. What if I tried it this way? That's how we get to know our voices. And then number three, um, ah. I don't know, drink lots of water. Uh, those like remedies where you like drink like honey and cayenne pepper. Like it doesn't actually do anything for your voice. Just stay hydrated, I guess. <laughs> Hydration <laughs> is key. Good health advice anyway. Stay hydrated because I constantly, we are part of the ADHD clan and I will get to like seven or eight o'clock at night and I'm like, oh, I have not had like a singular drink of water today. Great. <laughs> and then I'll just like drink two liters really fast yeah just because like staying hydrated is just important in general your body needs it it's so it's just like great health advice as well and it is very important because you know you want to have obviously water in a lesson in a practice session while you're you're practicing but it's it's so much more important that like you're drinking water two days before your lesson than it is like chugging water the morning of your lesson right so like you're just constantly staying hydrated because if you're dehydrated, your voice, your body isn't going to like hydrate your vocal cords as a priority. You know, it'll take care of your organs first. So if we want our vocal cords to stay hydrated, we just have to be hydrated all the, all the damn time. Exactly. I've got to, I've got to get better at the hydration thing, but I'll definitely take some of those tips for myself. So those are great. Um, and I mean, I guess tips and coaching, you've actually had the chance to work and coach with some incredible performers, including leading lady, Lindsay Pierce, who is the current Alphabet on Broadway. What has been your favorite pinch me moment of 2021? Oh my God. Um, I mean, specifically about working with Lindsay, I'll say um, I 
I really had to push past some imposter syndrome that was like, I can't work with Alphaba. Like, I can't do that. But also remembering what I always tell my students is professionals are this are, they're just like us <laughs> like they have voices that have the same tendencies that we do you know and working with her and um being able to talk to her about mindset and and also like in my I believe yeah in the video that I have on my channel of the recorded you know the recording of our first lesson and then we ended up working together for a few months um having like giving her a small change and then having her be like what i was like i'm gonna live in this i'm gonna bask in this glow <laughs> for the rest of my life like so cool it was so cool to see work smarter not harder in action with one of the hardest vocal roles in musical theater it was yeah very magical so that was a, that was definitely a pinch me moment um i think uh there were a couple like darren chris is my tiktok friend now my tiktok mutual what like yeah he <laughs> he, he just popped. casually just like friends with darren chris you know look yeah maybe we've dm'd a little bit actually okay here's what happened he uh it was right after was it the I did I talked about him in my uh, Flash musical episode where I was <laughs> where where he says he's the villain he says like I'm here to teach you a lesson and I was like teach me a lesson Woo. <laughs> like and then my my followers are like all right now it's just become a joke right and there was one time I was live and I will admit that I had I, at this time I was going through like a really bad. Like I had a really bad toothache. Like I was getting some dental work done. And so I did not make the connection. Why did I do this? But I took a little painkiller and then I went live. And so I was definitely, I wasn't like high, but I was a little bit, <laughs> I was a little bit loose and I didn't notice until halfway through. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. While I'm live, Darren, Chris, Darren mother effing Chris pops into my live and is hanging out in the chat and like people are freaking out and they're like, Hannah, Darren's here. I am not looking at the chat. I'm, I don't remember what I was talking about, but I feel like I was doing something where I was like, guys, I can't, I can't finish my story. If I look at the chat, I'm going to get distracted. So I'm like, not looking. and he's like, I don't know if he was like talking to people when I finally look. He says, LOLs, well, this has been fun, and then leaves. And I was like, Darren, Chris, Darren, Darren, come, come, come back. On. Come back. <laughs> come back. <laughs> and I, yeah, we were TikTok mutuals, and I, like, sent him a message, and I was like, Darren, oh, my God, this is crazy. Thanks for coming into my live. And he said something, like, I, I shoot, I shot, I shot my shot um where i was like if you ever want to um he was talking about content creation he's like i love what you've been doing and i'm like stop um i'm in love with you uh if you ever want to talk you know talk content creation or talk whatever i'm here and then he never responded but that's fine um that's okay. like he didn't unfollow me so like yeah. we're still definitely in tiktok videos yeah. yeah i love that story yeah. there you go <laughs> <laughs> we stand darren chris <laughs> tiktok bringing 
theatre stands together and theatre performers together. And obviously this has also all been during COVID, possibly similarly, which is why we don't know, which is why we're asking this question. But how has COVID affected the live performance and teaching industry in the US? Um, Live performance, I mean hasn't ever really stopped here like in like community theaters you know which is not good i don't i'm just saying the u.s we've yeah we haven't made great choices there um but what i really really love is we were forced to move online and i had always taught you know i'd mostly taught um, in-person lessons but i taught um online lessons um i all the voice lessons i personally took were online and but there so many students were really skeptical they're like online lessons like just instantly you know just assume that it's not as good as in-person lessons which is just not true um it's just as effective and i so my students everyone being forced to move into online lessons proved that it is good and effective and and then that opens up you know this world of like oh, so I can work with this teacher that I found across the world. And it also, it, it gave me an opportunity to work with people all over the world, which was super fun. And actually, that's how I met my my editor, Vive, the oh, British editor. She took, she took lessons uh, with me for a few months. And then I was like, you do video editing? Let's talk. And, you know, the rest <laughs> is history. So I really, really love that. And, and so that's a lot more, you know, I mean, COVID, it's still going on but it's just a lot more common that you know we just take online lessons and it's nice you're in the comfort of your home I I like it yeah I think it's it is great because it opens so many possibilities like I've been able to do a virtual masterclass with Christy Altamar that I would have been previously like eh no that's I'll be like the random person that's on virtually no 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 everyone was on it virtually and I've been able to do other masterclasses. I've been doing dance from home classes, which is by the amazing Megan Bowen. I was just like, how did we not think of this before as a viable way of teaching and taking classes? Just just living in general. Mm-hmm. I now am part of like what I part of what I do for work is all virtual with with people in the US, which is crazy to me because I previously would have never even considered it. Whilst it's been so impactful and so devastating, it's also brought a lot of good and a lot of opportunity, which is just so exciting. And it's so exciting that more and more people get the opportunity to work with music teachers like yourself. And I think it's also just in general connected, like made us find a new way of connection. Um and also made that hard, <laughs> you know, connection is, is, has been difficult. But one of the reasons that I love TikTok so much is, is, um, it's this concept of like recognition. Um, philosophy tube is one of my favorite YouTubers and, uh, and, uh, Abigail had her coming out video earlier this year where she came out as transgender. And this is where I heard this concept. And I was like, this is putting it into words, what I feel, which is, scrolling on TikTok, living your life, and then you see it, see a video and you recognize a part of yourself in that person. Like, that's how I found out I had ADHD. I was like, 
she was describing me as a child, every single thing. And I was like, uh, what? And then even just on a maybe less serious level, it's like someone doing a try on haul. And I'm like, she's fun. Yeah. Like she's talking about how, how, uh, she went on a date and she said something awkward and she's laughing it off. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I could see, cause I, I've said awkward things on a date. I love this. (laughs) That recognition is just so connecting. And so even if it's, you don't know this person directly, that connection has increased. Now, you know, everything's online. And so we kind of connection, we have to actively look for it. So I do think that's really difficult, Um, especially for me, something that I never, you know, really understood was, you know, in August, I made the decision to go full-time content creation. So I stopped teaching private lessons then, even though I had been doing a full-time job's worth of work. I, I finally made that decision to stop teaching private lessons and I got divorced. And so my, I, I realized all of this at the same time that this is really isolating. Like I love what I do and what you see on YouTube is like me watching Descendants and having a great time. I am, I'm laughing, I'm having a great time, but it's, I'm all alone. Like that's that's what I didn't understand was that it's very isolating. And I know a lot of people feel this way because, you know, they moved to work from home. And so unless they're having a meeting with their coworkers, they're alone. And it, what I'm realizing about that is that I have to be an active participant in taking care of myself and saying, I need more connection in my life and seeking that out. And it's a it's a more difficult thing than we think because it's a step it's something you're doing like for yourself and we often don't say i'm going to do this because i love myself we don't do that very often and so it's been a really big like learning opportunity i think for all of us personally huge to say you know i i need to go work in a coffee shop today just to be around other people like, I can't be alone all the time. And those tiny little decisions to say, like, I need more connection is actually been, it's a, it's like a self-love journey. So that's, that's the hard part is like increased connection in other ways and also very much decreased connection in the way that we have always known it. I guess on that really similar note, like 2021 has been such a year of change and obviously like you've had a lot of stuff going on personally but also with the um the youtube and tiktok as well on top of that what do you think 2021 taught you the most oh my god what a what a great question 2021 am i allowed to swear yeah yeah 2021 was a bitch it Mm. was the most transformative time in my entire life. Um, like so grateful for it. And also like, ow, God, that hurt. Like went through a lot. But I, but this is, like I said, my favorite time of year. So I'm already like, you know, reflecting and thinking about it. And, uh, you know, it did, it taught me a lot. But one thing that it made me realize about myself was, I I spend a lot of the time thinking about the future. I'm very goal 
oriented. I, I've driven. When I set my mind to something, I get it done. But living in that space all the time is not actually living in the present moment. And what I realized is that I got on YouTube and I just like sprinted. I was like, I'm going to do this next and this next. And I'm going to hit this milestone. I'm going to get this many subscribers. And I was having a great time, but I, I just never gave myself a chance to truly enjoy and like live in the moment of this is my dream job. I am living my dream job. And it just kind of clicked with me, honestly, a couple weeks ago where I was like, you know what? If I spend 2022 and I don't accomplish anything like big, I don't do any new projects. I don't release anything new. I just do YouTube, which is still a lot, <laughs> but like I just do that, that this will be a good year because why am I doing this if I am not right here enjoying this process? Um, so that, that was, that was probably the biggest thing that I learned was I, if you are always looking towards the future, you're not actually being present right now. Yeah. I think that's, that's such an important lesson just in life in general. I think just in anything you do, we get so caught up in, okay, great. I'm doing this thing and it's absolutely amazing. Great. What am I going to do next? without actually yeah. stopping and enjoying what you're doing right now. And then by the time that that thing is over, you're like, oh my God, what, like what happened? It's gone. Like, yes. what do I do now? And I think that whilst that feeling can never be avoided because you're always going to miss something when it's gone or when you've just finished a really big project, you're going to miss the feeling of doing it. But if you don't take the chance to enjoy it, it's just like it's literally gone and like it never happened. So you have to stop and mm -hmm. enjoy it. It's a it's it's also a big, you know, what I'm realizing after getting diagnosed with ADHD is a, a big reason. I thought I was just like bad at staying present. I was like, I can't meditate. <laughs> you know, I'm just bad at that. I need to work on that. And then I just realized the reason my brain's always like talking to me, <laughs> like very loud, thinking about the next thing is is because, you know, of ADHD and and accomplishing a goal is this really satisfying hit of dopamine. And, and so, you know, it's not, it's not wrong. It's not bad, but it, for me, it, it, I realized, you know, as I went through this very personally, very difficult time with this breakup and, and transitioning into, you know, my daughter who's three, having her with me only 50% of the time, that was really hard. All of this you know, I just slowly over time, it was like I kind of woke up, you know, recently and I was like, everything feels a little bit hollow and I don't like that. I was like, abort mission. I am going in the wrong direction. If I am spending time, you know, spending more time working on like collaborating with brands than I am connecting with my audience or I'm spending more time focusing on, you know, like getting these like big projects done, basically, you know, a checklist, like spending my life being like, this is something fun I can add to my resume, you know, like what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? And I just was like, you know, I'm done. I don't want to do that anymore. So I told my, I have a team, you know, of people that help me run all of the aspects of my business. And I was like, we're doing a big turn, big pivot, like 
I need to be, uh, you know, I've had, I've had a manager that helps me with, um, you know, just helps me with like staying organized with content, uh, uh, different social media platforms helps me with Instagram. And I just was like, I need to take back all of that. Like I'm the only one that posts anything on my Instagram. It needs to be completely me. Something I, it just doesn't feel right. And even though she was not doing anything inauthentic to me, I just, it just felt like, nope, that needs to be me. And I need to, you know, just, just switch this like mindset I have with like, I have to do this. Like, yes, this is a part of my job, but I don't have to do anything. I don't have to post. It's not like nobody's twisting my arm. Like I have to post three times a week on Instagram. (laughs) No, I'm going to do it if I want to, because when I want to do it and I'm passionate, like it's very clear, like my audience knows. And I like to pretend that they don't. I like to pretend that I can be like, have, you know, keep the um, arms length and be like, yeah, I'm fine. What are you talking about? No, they all know. They all send me DMs and they're like, you seemed off in your recent video. You, you good? I'm like, God damn it. I can't, I can't hide. And I think that's great because it means my audience knows me. So yeah. Yeah. So we're not doing too much of a pivot, but mostly just like, let me, let me just take like one step at a time. Let me just focus on what I'm doing right now and have fun. That's my 2022 goal is to, uh, the phrase that I picked for my mantra. I don't know if you guys do this, but this is my year mantra is surrender to the sweetness, which just means enjoy, enjoy the good moments. Like don't let them pass you by. Just have a second to be like, I feel good. And then move on, you know? I think that that's that's so great and it's such a good mindset to have and it's such a good mantra and literally on the topic of 2022 you've recently launched apparel and you are constantly growing your platform and you as a person are constantly growing what are you hoping that 2022 will bring you personally and professionally personally I want this to be an absolutely selfish year. I want to do things for myself. I want to get to know myself. I want to go on trips by myself. You know, I've never been, I've never really been single before. Like I got married really young. So it was like, I kind of moved out of my house with my mom and then just kind of got married. And so personally, that's the, that's the goal. Like enjoy it, have fun. And just be, yeah, be selfish. I want to do things for myself. Um, And then professionally, I, it's a very, it's a very simple goal. I, me, Vive and I are, you know, we we work the closest together. She edits for me about 35 hours a week. Um, It's a full-time job for her. It's a full-time job for me. And we often, you know, over the last few months, she has really picked up my slack because not only is she my editor, but she's my best friend. And I ran her into the ground. Like there were many times where I was just like, I can't film this brand. I should be filming it today, but I just can't. I'm having a really difficult day. So I film it. And then, you know, she's working till 2 a.m. to get it out last minute. Like she is an amazing friend. I love her so much. Viv, if you're listening, I love you. Um, But for me, the professional goal is, you know, Viv and I specifically, um, can we get to the end of the year and can we both honestly say that we didn't burn out, 
and that we had fun. That is it. So every month, my team, my uh, my agent, my editor, Vive, um, my business manager that takes care of like my studio business and my merch and everything, can like my team, can we get together and just check in and be like, are we heading close to burnout? What do we need to do to change that? Like, how are you feeling personally in your life? That is something that's like so vital and yet has never been on the front, you know, like the focus. Yeah. So that, that's it. Can we just get to the end of the year and say that we didn't burn out? Huge accomplishment. Especially, I mean, I find as well, like, cause we, uh, we have ADHD as well. And one of the things that comes with ADHD is having massive burnout and that, you know, and I think that for, for myself also, it's, can we get through the year without everyone burning out and having a good time and enjoying what we do and, and, um, being healthy in that way but also like recognizing that that is part of what your brain is going through and you have to you have to look after yourself a little differently and you might not be able to do everything that you want to do because you're literally not going to get through the day but to space it out and to um enjoy life and just enjoy being Mm -hmm. and creating instead of burning out and feeling, you know, I mean, that's probably a goal for us as well with the podcast this year, which we're trying to achieve is not burning out and editing really last minute and all that sort of thing. So yeah, definitely relate. (laughs) And I think something, um, I, I have a life coach that I love to bits. Her name is Gemma. And something that she said to me one day is I said, I'm having, we were talking about business and I said, I'm having a really hard time, like keeping, my schedule that I set for myself because like I only have to be accountable to myself. So like I'll sleep in and, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. not do this. And she said, she said, yeah, you have to be accountable to yourself. And I, it just like hit differently in that moment. Like that's the most important person you should be accountable to. And so I started thinking about making good decisions for future Hannah. And so that, because I'm, you know, you're talking about, I don't want, we don't want to burn out with the podcast, then every decision you make to maybe get ahead, stay on schedule is a, an act of self-love because you're saying, I'm going to make this decision for like future us. Yeah. Like I'm going to go to bed at a reasonable time because future Hannah in the morning is really going to appreciate this. <laughs> like yes. I love myself and I'm going to make these good decisions for, you know, future me. And uh, I mean, speaking of ADHD, I'm just fascinated about how we are learning more, how um, underdiagnosed it is and also misdiagnosed, yeah. you know, and, and it's so much more common than we think it is. But, you know, the medication side of things changed my life like I oh my god oh my god I love (laughs) love 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 my medication but even more valuable to me was realizing um that all these things that I thought were character flaws were actually symptoms so the the where I actually learned the phrase curious not furious was a video that had a ADHD a specialist he's like a neuro neuropsychologist like and he he was talking about brain scans and he was like this this is what your brain looks like and he was just talking about like instead of beating yourself up about it get curious ask yourself where 
these thoughts are coming from or ask yourself, why, why am I feeling this way? Um, and I was like, I'm taking that. And I feel like it applies to all aspects of life. I use it obviously in my studio. Um, and that has been a huge, uh, part of my like self-love journey is, is saying like, because just because I'm I'm having a hard time doing this task in front of me, that doesn't make me a bad person. I'm not lazy. I'm having a I'm having a rough ADHD day. Like I took my medication too late or something, and my brain is just really struggling. And that is so uh, refreshing. Again, another mindset shift. It is fascinating how much you then learn about yourself. And I think about relearning about who you are as well. I think that's something that um, a lot of people go through is then going, oh, I thought that was part of my personality, but it's actually not a part of my personality. <laughs> like, oh, so it is, it is, um, it's a wonderful year what 2021 brought, but also 2022 is going to bring us a lot of, um, all the self-reflection is going to come into fruition, I guess you could say. So totally. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like the self-reflecting and it can be so insightful and so painful and like mm. a lot of mixed emotions, but I like just knowing that, okay, we have a new year and we are in charge of our, you know, destiny and we can like, if there are things in our lives that have been difficult or like things that I, we have been doing to self-sabotage, which we all do, like, I can change this and again, like view it as an act of self-love. I love myself too much to continue doing, you know, whatever it is. Mm. And also, you know, realizing, also realizing that ADHD has some benefits. Like I can, I can make my ADHD work for me. So realizing that it's not, you know, like it's not, I'm not lazy because I can't, you know, work from like nine to five, just like everybody else and have the schedule. No, actually I work so efficiently if I have two days where all my focus is creating content. That's, I hyper focus on that. I don't do anything else. I tell my team, you can Slack me, you can send me an email, but I will not respond until like 5 p.m. Like I'm going to hyper focus because my I've learned my brain switches tasks a lot slower. So I can't have a to-do list of a bunch of random stuff and be like, okay, do this quick quick one, do this other subject, even if each task would really only take me like five minutes. That entire list will take me hours because I just can't like, it's like my brain moves slower from task to task. Again, not a bad thing, just something I've learned. So I can actually work way more efficiently and also like not beat myself up about it if I'm like, this is the day that I do meetings with my team and I talk about that. This is the day where I do creative, like thinking about the future. And that has been a powerful shift being like, this can be an asset to me. I can use it to work in my advantage if I, you know, do this right yeah it's fantastic I love all of that insight I think it's awesome for anyone listening who has ADHD might think they have it or even just um 
you know, who are going through anything neurodiverse or anything out there. So thank you so much for everything today. It's been absolutely amazing chatting to you. But before we go, we're actually going to do a little bit of a bedtime story. So this is any mishap that's happened. It could be like on stage. It could be um, chatting to someone. If you have any uh, story you can share with us. Is this like embarrassing stories oh totally totally (laughs) okay well actually i have um two the first one is fun um i love it uh this was when i was uh this was my first show out of high school so i was i was maybe i was pretty young i think i was like 20 21 um i played fiona in uh shrek the musical and in our production right in like morning person good morning birds good morning trees that part there's the part where like fiona like sings these really high notes and there's this bird and then it explodes right yeah and the way that my production the mechanism that they had was that it was like a, a big balloon with like a bird head on it and a bunch of feathers and it was in and it would like blow like air fill with air and then at the big moment a needle would go and pop it now, um, this only worked like half of the time. Like, this mechanism <laughs> didn't work very well. So oftentimes I would have to hold the node as long as possible until it just exploded. Like the needle wouldn't get it right. And this was the night that I am like singing to it and it's not happening and it's getting bigger and bigger. I don't know where they got these balloons. It was like as big as a beach ball. <laughs> Like, oh my god. Oh my god. I'm just holding this high note like ah! and the audience is starting to laugh cuz they're like they obviously know something's wrong. <gasps> and because I had to hold the note so long, I'm starting to run out of breath. Finally the balloon pops and it literally made me jump because <laughs> I just was it was all weird. And so I like I held this note and then it popped and I was like <laughs> good morning birds and I like couldn't I was laughing. The whole audience was laughing and that was one of my favorite stage mishaps because it just, ooh, it just added something great to that song. Yeah. And that bird never, ever popped on time. But that one was, that night was particularly um, amazing. Um, So that was a stage mishap, but not, not embarrassing. You know, Uh, I didn't like come out on stage with like my dress tucked into my tights or something like that, but um, probably um, a very awkward moment is uh when i used to teach classes like musical theater uh classes to kids like at this conservatory i uh there was like a teacher training day and uh i came and one of the directors was like standing at the door and he opened the door and he put his arm out and i thought he was going (laughs) i thought he was gonna go in for a hug so i like was like oh hey and I like didn't even know him very well so in my head I was like oh okay we're hugging and I gave him a hug and then instead of just being like because I realized I was like he was not coming for a hug instead of just being like (laughs) okay this is awkward for both of us don't say anything you doofus what I said was oh you were just holding the door oh god okay sorry this is awkward and then I just like walked away and I always remember that like oh my god I don't know I those are the embarrassing stories I relate to when someone's like yeah I thought they wanted a hug and they did not 
and he was always he was so awkward it was bad <laughs> i will always remember that story and it's been years why do i still think about that story but now you guys know talking about it is how we heal yeah yes, exactly it's, it's what makes us human and it's we all make mistakes every single day Sometimes it's mm-hmm. waving at someone you don't know and you think that they're waving oh, at you. It's just the most relatable. We, we learn and we relate. We move on <laughs> and we will still remember it randomly at 3am. But you know, that's <laughs> it's how we heal. It's how we learn. <laughs> but those were fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And thank you so incredibly much for being with us today and sharing your wisdom and your journey and your truth with us. It's so phenomenal to hear about your journey and your advice as well, and how important it is to be a kind and understanding vocal coach, because there definitely isn't enough of that as there should be. So thank you so much for being here and spending your time with us today. Thanks for having me. This was so lovely. You two are so wonderful. <laughs> oh, Aww, you're wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much. And you guys, make sure you check out your voice teacher, both on Instagram and on YouTube and on TikTok and just everywhere. Follow Hannah and what she does because it's truly incredible and we cannot recommend it enough. But you guys... Thank you so, so much for being here. Welcome to season three. We have started with an absolute bang. And until next time, stay happy, healthy, and safe. And we will see you then. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.